Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast. I can't believe it is our final ACC under review episode. We made it back. This we started this all the way back in early January with Florida State. If you missed any of those, if you missed those episodes, go back and check them out on our YouTube page and on Apple Podcasts wherever you get your podcast. Every single team is covered, Mac. Every single team. So, who do we have left? Who's our final team? UVA. And uh it's been a fun ride, partner, to to talk with all these, you know, analysts or play-by-play. Uh it's been, it's been so fun cuz it's a different perspective. You know, it's people that yeah are on the ground with this team, covering them each and every week, all the time. And uh, it's been really fun. So grateful for everybody's time that, that joined us and you know, just such, such great perspective again, like I said. And we really, we, we wanted to, um, we wanted to save Virginia because, you know, of course the, the awful, you know, tragedy and just honestly evil event that, that did occur. We wanted to spend some time on that and felt like, you know, being the exclamation point, you know, for us and, and recognizing that and giving some love to those you know, players was was really important, and you know the 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 sad thing I guess for for me with this outside of the tragic event itself is just the the intimate things that we do have with this that I didn't go to Virginia and didn't get to meet those guys in person, and you know seeing them from afar and and you know watching the amazing tribute that that aired on ACC Network and just hearing all the stories. It was so cool and and so touching that those young men's lives were were honored in that way. And uh, that big Virginia family uh, was just, again, pain and tragedy brings us together like little things can. And and that's what we saw. We saw that family extend out across the world and, uh, you know, people and, and coming from everywhere, you know, giving love and support and prayers all those different things. And, and so I, I just hope that, you know, that's a small sliver that we're adding to it today and, and recognizing them. And, you know, it's going to be fun to continue to see. We touched on a little bit, but to c- continue to see what Virginia is going to do to honor them. There'll be patches on jerseys. There'll be helmet stickers. I'm sure there'll be, you know, things all across the stadium. Um, but it, it was a great interview. And our guy, John Freeman, you know, kind of, you know, he, ju- he just added to it a little bit there with yeah. you know, just shedding some light on things that they might be doing things that they will be doing. And, and ultimately that plan isn't set yet, KG, but it was a lot of fun talking to John. We dive into football as well and, uh, you know, talk all things wahoo wah. Uh, so let's get right to it right now with John. John, welcome into the show, man. Really appreciate your time today. That This is the last one, ACC Under Review. We were saving Virginia, really wanted to uh, honor some young men uh, because I felt like if we put that in the middle, it just wasn't right. And, and so I wanted this to be uh, the, the exclamation point on our mini-series here and, and very grateful for your time. And, man, just the the, the absolute tragedy, evil, um, Still, just when I think about it, just absolutely breaks my heart. But I know that you were with some of those guys and, and you know, a big part of this team. So we'd love for any stories uh, that maybe you could share about Lavelle, Devin, and, and Deshaun to get us kicked off here. Yeah, I think there's still a, a collective shock and, and sadness uh, around the University of Virginia. And uh, I'm in basketball season right now, and I'm reminded of those three players and the legacy that they left. Every time I see our basketball team warm up, I mean, their names are 
on the back of their warm-up shirts, and uh, we certainly miss them uh, in everything that we do here at the University of Virginia, and we plan on honoring them uh, moving forward, not just you know with uh, emblems on a helmet or on a jersey or on the field, but with the way that we act and the way that we carry ourselves, um, because they were exemplary students, uh, they were tremendous uh, people, uh, as we know, great athletes. And everything that we do moving forward with athletics, with the university, um, we do with their legacy in mind and, and carrying on you know, what they had here. Um, don't have any specific stories uh, of the players uh, individually. I do know um, just from the time and the limited time that uh, I was privileged to share with them, they were just nice people. Uh, at the beginning of the season, uh, I actually sit down with every single player. And we record them doing their lineups and uh, they say their names and their height and weight and where they're from. Uh, and then we allow them to do a little something at the end of just something personal that they can say, uh, maybe their personal motto or, um, you know, something that they live by. And I just cherish those moments that I had uh, with those players. And, you know, you, you hear them say their hometown and uh, all three of them were really proud of where they were from. Uh, and I know the places that they were from are really proud of them uh, and what they were able to accomplish. So it's a huge hole in everything that we do. But uh, the best that we can do moving forward is uh, live our lives like they did. And they were great kids. They were great students. They were great people. They're great athletes. Um, and we carry the, them with us wherever we go. That's well said, John, for sure. And I know this, this was only your second season uh, with the program. And some of those guys were actually pretty young in the program as well. And, of course, Tony Elliott taking over. Last year was his first season. I, you talk about the emblems. I've called quite a few of the UVA women's games this year, and I've seen those emblems and heard Coach Mox talk about it as well. And I know there will be stuff on the helmets and all that, but I was reading some of Tony Elliott's quotes today about kind of that first team meeting back, you know, and you can't, you, you can't just move on. You can't just snap your fingers and move on and everything's fine. And this team will carry that with them for sure throughout this next season. But can you tell us if you know a little more about just the plans of how they're going to honor those guys and kind of keep their memory alive? Yeah, I think it's all still in the works. Um, and there's no roadmap for this. Thankfully, there isn't. Right. You know, I'm glad that we don't have a, a book to reach into from past experience on something like this. Um, but no, I, I think it's all still in the works. I can tell you that, you know, whatever it is, um, Again, what, what is physical uh, in honoring them is just a small part of uh, really how, how the university, how the players, how the broadcasters, everybody involved in the program and the fans uh, plan on honoring them. And that's through our actions. Um, so I think that's the, the main part of the plan. But uh, I'm sure there'll be some things as we get closer to football season, which, you know, we're still seven months out <laughs> or maybe a little less uh, from the first game. So there's a lot of time for for some very smart people and some very action-oriented people to put something together. Yeah, and, and really just, you know, again, look forward to, to seeing that, you know, whether it's patches and stickers and just other ways, like you said, with with our actions, um, you know, with everybody around Virginia to, to honor their life and to honor those lives that were just tragically affected that day. Um, let, let's look at the, the football field a little bit here because, as Kelly said, you know, Coach Elliott, this is his first year. And, and you know, coming in as a new coach and, man, I, I just – Played for him, you know, was was one of his guys and, and know everything that, that I can about him and, and who he is as a man and just have to think that 
he's there for a reason. And, and not that this was the only reason, but I know that that his guidance and, and his purpose certainly has helped people through this time. But when you look at it from a football perspective, just what, what were your thoughts and, and how would you judge, you know, kind of this year one? Yeah, I mean, anytime you have a new coach in any sport, it's going to be an adjustment. So Tony Elliott was brought in to put forward and execute his vision. And it's always hard when you take over a program because you're taking over you know, players and philosophies and systems that are not your own. Uh, so you did see an adjustment. And this is a program that is building for the long run. You know, they didn't just load up on a bunch of transfers and, uh, you know, try and be a, a quick hit out of the gates. We are building for long-term success here at Virginia. And Eric, you know what that looks like, you know, especially around Tony Elliott. So there were no compromises um, for instant success. Uh, and I think the fruits of, uh, you know, everything that he's trying to do are going to be seen in the future. And this is a long-term uh, vision and not just a, a one year, you know, this is what we have. And, um, this is, this is the results of it. it it's, it's a long-term vision here at, at UVA. So, uh, when it comes to coach Elliot, you know, I, I believe in what he's doing. Uh, the administration believes the players that are here believe, uh, in what he's doing. And, um, you know, we've got a loaded schedule next year. So, uh, I think we're going to hopefully see the fruits of, of everything that's coming, uh, here in the next uh, year or two. Um, but man, uh, we've got a, a tough road in front of us and no better person to lead us through it than Coach Elliott. We will hit on that schedule uh, towards the end of this <laughs> episode. But just focusing on 2022 here, I think it was such a fascinating year for Virginia because you bring back Brennan Armstrong and you bring back a guy that threw for thousands and thousands of yards last year, then 2021. You bring back a stable of wide receivers where you're thinking, okay, I mean, the, this is going to work out. Obviously, it's a different offense, and you also lost a lot of guys to the portal with Bronco Mendenhall uh, leaving and, and guys you saying, I want to go try something else. Why do you think the offense just couldn't be effective this year, even though you still had Brennan Armstrong? Well, Kelly, you, you didn't mention the fact that all the offensive linemen left. That was and what I was alluding was to with the portal as well. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, so I think what, I think what we found out is it's really hard uh, to continue your success from the year before offensively when you a change the system, change offensive coordinators, and then lose everybody that's protecting, you know, your record setting quarterback. And I think a lot of offensive line uh, critique and offensive critique, nobody ever really talks about the offensive line. And when you think about what do we have back next year, you know, First thing people list is quarterback mm -hmm. and then it's wide receiver and then it's running back. And then maybe it's the coaches. And I think what we found out is, you know, just because we don't necessarily understand offensive line schemes and blocking and all that stuff as people like me uh, who, who are kind of on the outside and, um, you know, very few people really get all the technique of, of offensive line and what the offensive linemen bring. Um, but we certainly notice their absence and it was a, it was tough. You know, Brennan Armstrong had a hard time, getting protection and he was scrambling. And um, once you start scrambling and you don't feel confident in your blind side or that you've got time to set up and throw, then your, your fundamentals go away and you end up, you know, being a, a gunslinger quarterback. Um, and it, it all really did, did start with the offensive line. So hopefully that'll be improved this year. I know we got some transfers in a little bit more experience 
on that end. But uh, again, it's it's a philosophy change. It's a system change. There's personnel change. And anytime you throw that much change into the bucket, it's going to be tough to be able to produce what you were doing the years before. It's a great point. And look, we we talk offensive line on this pod. We have a guy who believes very strongly in the offensive line. So that was obviously something that we hit on all year. Some of the issues with Brennan Armstrong and this offense. Tell me what the current quarterback situation or the quarterback outlook looks like, because I was reading up on Jay Wolfolk, who is was Brennan Armstrong's backup last year, but also is a big time pitcher and for the baseball team at UVA. And so going to be splitting some time in the spring that's going to be interesting. So tell us what you know as of now about the current quarterback situation. Yeah, so Jay is our Russell Wilson, <laughs> our I'm trying to think about it, our Deion Sanders, our Bo Jackson. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you go down the list. I mean, gosh, who's, who's that guy that Notre Dame had? Jeff Samarja uh, yeah. years ago. There's a long list of guys that are talented at baseball and also talented at football. And uh, Jay happens to be a huge pro baseball prospect. Uh, he's a pitcher. Uh, there's been some discussions between Coach Elliott and Brian O'Connor, who's our fantastic baseball coach, on you know how much Jay's going to be using this spring and how involved he needs to be in spring football. Um, I don't know the results of those conversations. I'm not sure they've been shared uh, publicly, but uh, we've got a, a two-man battle for the quarterback position. Uh, they've recruited Tony Musket, uh, out of Monmouth University, who is uh, a record-setting quarterback here in high school in Virginia. Uh, it was kind of overlooked by a lot of power conference programs and went to Monmouth and was a really good quarterback there and, and won a lot of awards for his play um, at the FCS level. Um, so he's here. And then you've got Jay Wolfuck, who um, needs to you know, be around this spring and be in the meetings and maybe be throwing a football in the spring. So there's a lot of complications to our quarterback battle in a way that a lot of schools don't have because most schools would say, all right, we'll put guys on the field in the spring and, you know, we'll maybe have a, a starter decided by the end of spring practice. I don't think we'll, we'll have that luxury here at Virginia, but I do know that we've got some talent in Jay and we've got some talent in Tony Musket and I'm excited to, to see the battle and, Honestly, if you you press me, I have no idea <laughs> who's going to be our quarterback when we roll up to Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee to face the University of Tennessee first week of September. But uh, I'm excited for the competition for sure. Well, you know, the good thing is you don't have to know quite yet. Uh, you know, there, there is some time and, and things will work themselves out. And, you know, one thing I know about football, man, the, the best ability sometimes is availability. And so it will be fascinating to see. You know, just who who gets the upper hand there? Do any more moves happen after spring ball? We know that portal will open back up for a series of time there. So it's an interesting new world that we truly are living in here. And you know, just to see the the, the blueprints of, of Coach Elliott, the things that he has done, you know, schematically and been very successful, won two national championships as an offensive coordinator, how he continues to, you know, get that going. Because I, I think, you know, for the last two years, you know, before this past season, Virginia just could not run the football. I mean, it, it was just bad. You know, we, we couldn't when we needed it, couldn't get it done. This year, you know, they, they certainly could do that, you know, at times when they needed it. Um, we also saw that defense really improve. I mean, it, it was pretty dramatic to see the turnaround and the way that those guys were able to do that. think that they can certainly build upon that. And, and I know you lost a couple of guys, you know, to the portal and things of that nature. But having a system of belief in place Certainly a big piece there. So what was, I guess, the biggest improvement that you saw and maybe that will continue to happen 
you know, going into 23 here. I mean, I got a name for you. It's John Rosinski, our defensive coordinator, who came in and and was spectacular. I mean, you think about the defense. Uh, when I started two years ago as, as play-by-play, and we're looking at a, a game at BYU, where I think BYU could have scored 80 uh, if they wanted to. Now, we almost scored 80 ourselves because it was just a wild game, but there were some times where you know we're looking at at a Virginia football game two years ago, and we're like, if we could just hold the other team to under 45, <laughs> we might win this game, and we couldn't do it. Um, and then Coach Rudd comes in and completely changes this defense uh, for the better. And you know, last year, they were the better of the two units. So while the offense was faltering, the defense was really keeping Virginia in a lot of games. And a lot of the players who were part of his scheme that were successful are back. Um, and, you know, obviously we would never want want this to be the case, but um, the NCAA uh, did give several of our players an extra year of eligibility because of the tragedy. So um, obviously we, we wouldn't want the events that occurred that to happen, but uh, one of the results um, of of the tragic events are the extra years for a player like Cam Butler, who was great last year on the defensive line. Um, and this Virginia defense is going to be very experienced. And a lot of the key cogs are back. You know, I look forward to seeing Antonio Clary uh, at the safety position. Jamir Carter's back uh, with a lot of NBA or excuse me, NFL prospects. Uh, you've got Chico Bennett, who was one of the top sack machines in the ACC. You lose Nick Jackson to the transfer portal uh, after four really spectacular years here in Charlottesville. He goes to Iowa. But nevertheless, there's a lot of names on Virginia's top tackling list uh, from last year that are back. And I think the defense, when we look at, at Virginia and preview them for the upcoming season, it's going to be the strength of the team for sure. Definitely. And some of that, too, you're minus nine in the turnover margin. We know at times this offense gave it away and the defense had to deal with that. So if you have a better turnover margin number, the defense probably looks even better. You mentioned, John, this Tennessee game to open the year. It's so interesting how this this got scheduled. And, you know, I think this will be fun. This is in Nashville, so it's a, a neutral site technically, but the game's in Tennessee, of course. This opening month for UVA, you got Tennessee, James Madison, which is always a, a, a tough game, Maryland, NC State. Uh, that, that's a brutal opening month for Virginia. What did you think when you saw all that, John? I, I knew some of them because uh, the schedule <laughs> right. unfolds slowly, but there was kind of that question of, all right, well, the ACC schedule is going to come out. What is going to be game number four? Because the first three are non-conference. Throw, Cle- so. throw Clemson in the mix of that and we'll make it really oh, yeah. nice. Thankfully, I don't think we have them this year. No, but, you don't. You know, it's like, and, and it slowly gets unveiled. So like you hear whispers like, all right, our first, our first ACC game is going to be home. So it's like, all right, at least we got that. All right, it's going to be on a Friday night. So it's like, okay, this is going to be the prime time. No way they give us NC State. No way they would give us NC State. TV, and baby. Robert and I, our former offensive coordinator, and Brendan Armstrong, our record-breaking quarterback, coming back. No way they would do that. And then, of course, that schedule comes out, and it's like, of course they did that. And the first four games, I would put Virginia's schedule up against anybody in the mm. country when it comes to first four games. So Tennessee is Tennessee. And that's not a neutral site game. No, not at all. Let's be real. Not at all. I lived in Nashville for seven years. Not at all. <laughs> I maybe saw five V-Sabers <laughs> in my entire time walking around Nashville. <laughs> and I saw a whole lot of UT Orange. I heard a whole lot of Rocky Top. Yeah. That's uh, right. So that game is going to be 98% UT. 
Then you get JMU, who I saw an ESPN preseason poll. They're top 25. Mm -hmm. Plus, it's JMU. And that school loves to play for Virginia. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, we, we don't mind JMU. They really don't like us. <laughs> and they're going to be up for that game. And they always are in any sport that we play them. Um, so, yeah, they might be like number 23 in the country, but they're going to play like their top 10 uh, sure. when they play against us. And then, you know, you got game three where we're playing at Maryland. It's like an old school ACC game. I've always said, you know, Maryland still belongs in the ACC. It's for weird sure. that they're in the Big Ten. Uh, so now we finally get what we asked for <laughs> and we go there and their quarterback's coming back. And then you get NC State at home. So Crazy. You know, you're looking at three teams that I think are getting top 25 votes uh, or in the top 25 themselves. Uh, I think NC State may be receiving votes. These are all early preseason polls. But sure. nevertheless, you're looking at, at four games that um, Virginia, just based on on where they finished last season, will probably be the underdog. Uh, so there's a lot of opportunity there, um, but it's certainly a gauntlet that I don't necessarily know if it was intended uh, to fall this way. I don't think we knew JMU was going to be that good. The Tennessee game is just what it is. Um, that was a, a product of BYU dropping both the teams in their mm -hmm. schedule when they joined a conference. And they kind of had to look around and be like, do you want to, do you guys want to, yeah, all right, well, let's do it. Let's do it in Nashville. And then uh, the ACC scheduling so kindly uh, <laughs> NC State in that Friday night game. So thank you to the the scheduling gods for this wild gauntlet. <laughs> you got to love it. You got to love it. it. It'll be it'll be fun to cover. Yeah, the drama's there. Uh, scheduling is scheduling. I mean, you think about it, it's like, when do these games get scheduled? We've got teams on the schedule for like the next 12 years. Yes. And yes. you have no idea. I mean, the, the kids who are going to play in the games that you schedule 12 years in advance, those kids are, what, six years <laughs> old right now, seven years old. So who knows? Who knows how the opposition is going to be? And it just happens to be that this year's lineup is, is a tough one. I, I do not understand why football cannot do the basketball model and do a year in advance. Like, let's just get the games rolling. Like, why do we have to have things scheduled out in the 40s right now? It makes no sense to me at all. Um, what does make sense is I think Tony Elliott's the guy for the job. I think he's going to figure this thing out. Um, like you said, just takes time, and, and I can't wait to see it unfold. All of the administrative things, all the buy-in from boosters, all of that seems to be, you know, really falling in place for Virginia. And I, I think once he kind of has – you know, all that access and, and kind of his roots, you know, kind of buried there at, at Charlottesville. I think great things are going to happen, man. So, John, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun putting a big old bow on our ACC under review. I appreciate you joining us today. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. Go Hoose. Thanks again to John Freeman for joining us. And again, to every single play-by-play -play voice, and others that joined us on this ACC Under Review series. We appreciate it. A lot of these guys are, are deep in basketball season, so yeah. they had to kind of switch their brains for a second to talk football. From a football perspective with Virginia, we heard John talk about that schedule. It is not going to be easy to open the year, Mac. But what I find most interesting about this team is that quarterback battle and the fact that the guy who's probably the leader in the clubhouse right now in Wolfolk is a massive part of your baseball program. And this is an interesting situation. A lot of the other names that John named that have done both are not necessarily the quarterback. Russell Wilson, of course, is an example. 
Kyle Parker was an example at Clemson who was able to do both. But when you're that big of a pitcher for Virginia and, you know, spring ball, especially in the first true spring of Tony Elliott's hiring, I guess second spring, where you need to be learning the offense and immersed in the offense, but you're also trying to play baseball. Baseball's in season. We know that perhaps a major league baseball career probably is a little more, if you're a pitcher and you're at that level, surefire thing than the NFL. So I just find this whole quarterback situation really, really interesting. And I can't imagine how they're going to juggle all that, where a guy who might be your QB1 is also a star pitcher for your baseball team. And how do you figure that out? It's going to be tough. It's going to be interesting to say the least. I mentioned that that availability is the best ability type thing right there. And, you know, just, just looking at, okay, what, what's important to you? You know, what, what do you want? Why did you come to Virginia? Was it to play baseball and go to the major leagues? Was it to be the quarterback at Virginia and how, or was it to do both? Right, right, right. And, uh, you know, so I'm going to be fascinated to see is, is a decision made? How does that time split? Um, things of that nature, just because circumstantially, you know, baseball has been his jam and he's very good at, at baseball. And, and like you said, those pro aspirations. So that will be a fascinating piece of it. I, I love that you know, our guy John brought up the offensive line because yes. uh, that's just right in my wheelhouse. And it was tough. I mean, they, they lost, you know, three or four guys and, and then, a you know, a couple others to graduation and moving on things of that nature where, I mean, those are instrumental award winners, you know, all in, you know, teams that played in New Year's Six games on playoff teams, you know, won, won you know, national awards. So it, it, it's going to be a fascinating thing that, you know, just doesn't happen overnight. You know, you, you either A, have to go and recruit the guys and develop them, or B, you know, find fits in the portal that, that can work in your system. So I'm going to be very intrigued to see that. Um, and maybe more importantly, KG, just what is going to be the identity offensively of this Virginia team? I mean, we, we saw – you know, uh, again, those last couple of years where they're throwing the ball all over the yard, they very rarely run the ball with great success from the running back position. Um, that's not what Coach Elliott does. He, he wants to have the run involved. He wants to have balance. And so just looking, how do they continue to mold around that? That will be what, what I'm intrigued to see throughout spring. And we'll talk about that more in episodes to come, but also in fall camp and in this season, because as you said, that it, it gets kicked off in a hurry and it's a gauntlet to start. Um, so they're going to, they're going to have to be, they're going to have to be ready. So it'll be fascinating to see what is, what does this Virginia team look like next season? It will. And we also have seen some other transfer portal guys go to Virginia. They've picked up some decent portal guys. Kobe Pace is one from Clemson who is going to be helping in that running back room. We know Tony Elliott likes to run the ball. We saw that at Clemson. He also has had a lot of success throwing it too. I mean, it's not like he's just a run first. That's all we do kind of guy. I mean, he coached Trevor Lawrence. So We've seen him do it all, and he coached Deshaun Watson. But getting that personnel in and really being able to implement your system, I think that's what Tony Elliott has to try to do in the backdrop of a tragedy, which is just really awful and terrible. And it's tough for a team to move on from that. And it's only been a short amount of time. So he definitely has a big challenge ahead. But, Mac, you know Tony Elliott better than anyone and if, if anyone can handle it, I think it's him. No, I, I like I said in the interview, I, I totally think that this is a part of the reason that he is here, to, to help these men, to help this community. Um, Coach E has dealt with a lot of tragic things in his life. Yeah, he and has. Very well prepared in his faith and the things that he leans on uh, from from everyday aspect. And so 
again, it, it, it's it's weird to say that, but I, I do. That That is what I think and what I do believe in that he's there for a reason, and, and this is a part of that. Um, but excited to see that reason be more of the football aspect, to see more of the young men, how they, he develops them and, and what they will be able to do you know, in society. But that's it for us, guys. Wrapping a bow uh, on ACC Under Review. So much fun. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone that, that joined us and for you guys tuning in. It's been a really fun mini-series. We're off uh, to, to bigger things with guys moving on to the NFL, NFL Draft Combine. We're going to be covering all our ACC guys, dip into some spring ball thoughts, and we might have some fun news coming in uh, March. So look out for that. Ooh. Can't wait to share that uh, with you guys. But that's it from us. Thank you for tuning in. Go over to YouTube if you're not here already. Mash that subscribe button. Really appreciate your guys' support. And the OGs over at Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe there as well. It's always here, uh, fun to hear from you guys. But until next time, we'll see you all.